It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show, and today we are back with Gleet as it's our want to do, and of course, become our favorite wrestling promotion throughout 2023 because we've done more late shows than anything else so quite frankly we've got kind of got sick of new japan pro wrestling but you know, that's another thing <laughs> for another day but uh, we are going to do great but we're not going to do great pro wrestling we're going to do great mma as the company took their first steps into mixed martial arts uh, this last week but to join me today to talk about great mma is of course our great correspondent from baton rouge louisiana mr marcus green how are we doing sir doing good couldn't let Gleep venture off in the MMA territory and me and James at least not try to, you know, hop on the sales with them and, uh, you know, try to work it out. And thankfully, we got some help today. Indeed, we do. Um, we, we needed an MMA expert. My, my, my Rolodex of MMA experts is short. <laughs> so, Mr. Matt Roberts of the Random Wrestling Review and various other wrestling and MMA places Welcome back to the Troopany Show, sir. Thank you very much for having me, gentlemen. It's a pleasure, and I am more than flattered to be referred to as an MMA expert. I'll certainly do all that I can to try and live up to it. <laughs> we appreciate that, sir. Now, Matt, last time Matt was on the show was to talk about Glate. Um, and I, I've got a... Let's be honest, Matt, you are kind of a mainstream wrestling fan up and down, aren't you? Yes, yes, that would be fair. Oh. I wanted an opinion of a mainstream wrestling fan of what they thought about Glate. And I know you like some things and didn't like some other things. Yeah. So when I said, let's do a Glate MMA show, what were your kind of, you think you was going to expect to see? In large part, I, what I got was what I expected. Um, Cause particularly when it comes to, to, to Japanese uh, sort of MMA, it, it's very sort of it's steeped in a hell of a lot of tradition and it's always quite i don't want to necessarily say strange but the, the they do tend to focus on a lot more of the, the the stranger things that you can do in an mma setting so i was expecting things to be a little bit different than your average mma show and uh this show certainly didn't didn't disappoint that's good i like that that's that's cool i that that's cool uh marcus Again, you know, it is like a little bit awayward from what we're used to. So what were you expecting? Yeah, for me, it was uh, kind of maybe a, a little bit tad of, I guess, an offshoot of what I get with, with, with uh, kind of has become a bit of my, you know, one of my most likable staples with uh, Gleet, with the UWF rules of it all. Um, I've, I've watched MMA uh Probably certainly not as as consistently as Matt, but uh, you know I know a little little something in and out and whatnot. But uh, I kind of just wanted to sit back and kind of and see, you know, what was going to unfold, particularly with certain names here and there. Because I know, like I said, I'm used to the, the UWF of it all, and I think even after watching this show, that's still more my jam after it. But uh, I definitely appreciated what they did, and uh, it kind of kind of more so fell into what. You kind of usually get from MMA, specifically if you you know coming in there with kind of mid expectations, because you could have all the build up in the world for some of those fights, and they end in seconds, and it's like, no, nah, that's I mean that's it's a real fight though, you know, so you kind of got to go with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, as we know, Glade is a wrestling promotion, and they have kind of took up this idea of being 
great, if you will, hence the you know name Glate, which is the Japanese pronunciation of Glate, which all of us at the Trooping Show have been really uncomfortable with because it sounds dead racist when you say it. But that's what it's called, so we're going to call it that, and that's fine. And you know, everyone else calls it that, so it's all okay. Um, but their idea is to make you know take the things that made '90s and early 2000s Japanese wrestling great and reapply them for today. So you get a lot of Japanese lucha style wrestling from the influence of um, Dragon Gate from Strong Hearts and from Kazayashi, who was obviously a Michinoku pro wrestler. We talked about that from the last couple of shows, and you also get a lot of big lads wrestling bulk orchestra which is kind of like in the era of all japan pro wrestling and a lot of those guys came from wrestle one which is a king's road company so you've got a lot of lucha a lot of king's road company and uwf so you have a lot of strong style which is obviously influenced by new japan pro wrestling which is the minoru tanaka side of things now as we all know mma modern mma developed from professional wrestling from the ideas of Antonio Inoki and trying to treat professional wrestling as a sport. Then you had the Maeda era with the original UWF and with Tiger Mask creating this wrestling hybrid that eventually evolved into what we see with UFC and Pride in the old days and the, all the other UF, the, all the other promotions. Pancrest was another one, which obviously is a massive influence on, on great UWF. So there has been a long history of MMA and wrestling together history has always been great (laughs) Um, a lot of it has been down to the fact that you know the trouble is the thing is with pro wrestling one of the reasons why it became fixed in the first place is because it's predictable so if you take out that horrible thing of the guy winning who's not particularly popular (laughs) you sell more tickets and wrestling promoters as a rule do not like anything that they can't control Vincent Kennedy McMahon, you can hear me talking. Okay, so that's the basic issue. But Glate have kind of like, kind of embraced it and gone, well, you know, this is a different format of what we're going to do with Glate. And you could see things that were different with Glate. Okay, Glate MMA than most MMA promotion stuff that I've been party to. And this entire card is built around Glate wrestlers versus MMA fighters. So the first one is... Um, a general MMA match, I believe, is Toru Sakibara yeah. versus... Is it Nobaya Hasegawa? Yeah, you do it. <laughs> Hasegawa, Nobuo okay. Hasegawa, who are both actual MMA fighters. Because uh, Hasegawa isn't on the... Hasegawa fights for T-Pleasure and Sakibara fights for U-File camp. So these are actual two genuine MMA fighters. So... Matt, what did you think of this? This was such a fascinating start. And to give you an idea of how strange, the strange thing I was referring to, right? You know, to give you an idea, I mean, to give you the result, Toru, I'm just going to say his first name, Toru won the fight, okay? His win-loss record is five wins, nine losses, and four draws. It's either draws or no contest. Sometimes it tends to be a mixture of both. But five, nine, and four. As an MMA record, that's pretty bad. Now, Toru looked quite old as well. So I, he, he definitely does appear to have been around for a while. But with a record like that, I mean, you, you know, you, you, you know, you said there, James, about, you know, pro wrestling promoters want to try and, you know, control as much as they can. And, and 
historically in Japanese MMA, they've wanted to do the same things, which is why a lot of the times they'll have people with that type of record because that, that's atrociously so bad. But like this fight was over ridiculously quickly. I mean, it was a lot to it. I mean, Toru immediately gets a takedown. Um, he was looking for a triangle choke. You know, there was a bit of a scramble between the pair of them on the floor uh, and he gets it. He very quickly gets the triangle choke and, and he gets the tap. And, you know, it's, it, he just he basically was the better jujitsu guy and it took seconds for him to do it. So this is actually this was quite a, for what it was. It was actually quite exciting, though. And particularly when it comes to the ground aspect of MMA, I find that a lot of people will sometimes find it a lot more boring, especially compared to the stand up. So when you have a quick finish like this, this is the type of thing you want. So this this was a good start to the show. I, I enjoyed this for what it was. Okay, that's cool. Marcus, what did you think of this matchup? Yeah, I think I'm so glad Matt's here because he can uh, <laughs> be far more long-winded and, and accurately technical about it than we are. Um, but I, I kind of looked at this from a, like I said, uh, I guess more of the, the style of it, looking at you know, like Matt said, the, the takedown of it. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think, um, was it uh, Nabuya kind of yeah. had him on his back for a majority of it. And if, you know, you're not used to watching MMA, you probably would think like the guy's in control is probably going to take it. But, you know, there's so many different aspects and nuances to, to MMA in general. A lot of times, depending on the experience and skill of the fighter, them being on their back could probably be their best vantage point and, and point of uh point of view. So, you know, when you probably thought he had him and told you like like Matt said, locked him in a triangle and then got it over fairly quickly, being a you know, better fighter, like I said, a lot of times, you know, when somebody's on their back, that could probably be that looks like they're in danger. For a lot of guys, that's probably what they wanna be, depending on the skill set. So I just thought I looked at it from that perspective. And thought again, that's you know, so many of the very nuances to, to MMA because, like you said, for a lot of people, it's the stand up that that's the exciting part, and it's the ground game that's born. But if if you know about some of those ins and outs, it's, it kind of it kind of gets better when it's on the ground because it becomes more of a chess match. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think as well, looking at this, it's probably a good idea to have two X. Ex- two genuine fighters, not to say wrestlers aren't genuine fighters, because obviously all of these matches were real, but um, tr- traditional MMA fighters, that's a better way of putting it, to having two traditional MMA fighters to set the tone for the show and kind of show, well, this isn't a great show, this isn't a wrestling show, I think that was important as well, they had to kind of do something that was going to set the tone, because is what Glate's really good at, when he's mentioned as many cards as me and Marcus have, and I think we've watched about I think we started at version 20 and we're on version 42 now. So we've watched a lot of great cards between me, Marcus and John and Matt. Um, so we know that they're really good at setting the tone. They always start with an exciting tag match or something that's going to like tells a story, but b- drags fans in. So I think that was kind of like, it kind of reminded me of the wrestling show in the sense of this is, this is exciting. It's kind of like got people's attention straight away. They're doing something different with this. So I thought that was really important. Anyone got anything else to say about these fights? This fight, rather? Like I said, I do agree. I mean, you know, it was certainly a good way to, to start the show, a good way to, to set the tone. And, you know, I, I agree with what Marcus said as well, you know, especially when, you know, when you get to the ground, there's, 
there's, there's just, yeah, there's so many different ways you can win the fight off your back, you know, and it, it's fascinating because this, again, it is so different to wrestling. You know, the second it hits the ground, you know, you literally make one wrong move and that's it, game over. And, that, and that's pretty much what happened here. And for, for me, that that's why I certainly tend to, at least today anyway, tend to gravitate towards more towards MMA than, than wrestling. Which is fair enough, you know, everyone has their taste, don't they? So, um, yeah. It's, uh, it was cool. It was, it was a good way of opening the, the match. And then we move on to our second match, which was Shia Arumare of UFAL Camp going up against Soma Watanabe, who is a great wrestler. Um, and this was a kickboxing match. So it wasn't MMA. <laughs> it wasn't like mixed martial arts as much as a martial art, which is okay. <laughs> but it did create a geek kind of like, again, it echoes great in the sense of it's a big variety show, which is always going to be the best wrestling show because you're always going to give different options. We talked about this last week uh, about the issues with Ring of Honor. Um, and uh, so this is kind of like an MMA version of the three ring circus of pro wrestling, which is different. So I like this. Marcus, what did you think of this particular fight? Yeah, this one uh, obviously varied and went the other direction for me in terms of uh, that one kind of focused more on a very quick ground game uh, flip, if you will, and this one was more so stand up. Now, obviously, as you know, somebody has kind of you know fallen into being the Gleek um, correspondent here. I'm I'm obviously rooting for for the, the Gleek guys, and I'm very much you know rooting uh, for Watanabe here. And he kind of came, tried to come out the gate strong, I think, in the first round, um, but he got he got he got caught, and I don't think he ever really got back in momentum after that because I think after that uh Shuya kinda kinda slowly dictated the pace. And I think by round three, it felt like uh Soma threw more, but Shuya landed more. Mm. Uh, cause he was more strategic and and you know getting in his, his spots and, and taking his shots when he you know needed to and then Soma tried to try to muster flurries and come back. But I just I just think Shuya was just more accurate with it, and he, he stung him a lot more times than I think he, you know, thought he would have. Uh, but, but Soma, you know, God bless him, he hung in there and, and waited till the end of the fight to collapse, you know, so shout out to him. I, I do have to say, my, my uh, Thai boxing kind of knowledge is limited, but I do know that if you spend the first round throwing haymakers, you're not going to have an awful lot of energy left to hold your guard up, and that's pretty much what happened here as our favorite babyface, somewhat, Anabe, did throw a lot of haymakers in that first round and did seem, well, I'm watching it now. And yes, he looks knackered. <laughs> there is no two ways about it. He looks shot. Um, and if you throw that many big, heavy punches, you, it just, yeah, it's just not going to work. But, you know, as, as far as a wrestler's concerned, somewhat, Anabe is kind of like the utility guy for Glate. He's a guy that pretty much does what's needed at the time he's usually one of their baby faces guys though he works heel if it's required if there's two if there isn't enough heels he'll be a heel he can do that as well um and kind of like a solid performance if not spectacular i think but matt will show us tell us a bit more about this from an impartial <laughs> point of view well, I'm not surprised that Soma being a babyface, because uh, he, he certainly was swinging and, you know, try, trying to be the crowd pleaser towards the start. So that, that doesn't really shock me. Um, th th this was interesting for me because um, I've definitely watched a hell of a lot of MMA. 
I haven't watched as much of, you know, like like you said, there's a lot more variety there. So there was grappling matches, you know, tie boxing. So th- this was a bit of a new one for me. And to see the, the sort of standing 10 count with the tie boxing was was quite interesting as well. So that, that was a bit of a first for me. Um, but yeah, pretty much, I mean, God bless so much. He certainly tried. Um, but, you know, Marcus, again, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's... To be honest, Shuya definitely was had the more the more measured strikes, especially throughout the first round. He, you know, Soma was just swinging for the fences, trying to hit him. And by the end of the first, you know, you you said it there, James. You know, he just he emptied the gas tank. And you know, if you do that earlier on, odds are you're not going to be picking it back up. Um, you know, he, he hung in there, you know, to, to give him credit. But then I think Shuya saw that you know he was tired, so started going for more body shots in the second round. Um, which was a fantastic idea. Kept doing that in the third, and especially towards you know the last few seconds of the round. I mean, you know, Soma was absolutely exhausted. His hands were down, and, and that's when you know. I mean, to be fair, I personally think it could have been it could have been stopped at that point. You know, it, it just got to the point. You know, he just wasn't defending himself, and I just thought that nah, you could easily have called it there. But fair play to him. He, you know, the the courage on him to to stick it out and last it. So. Um, he, you know, he, he definitely did, you know, do what he could to survive. But uh, th- this was an exciting three rounder. Definitely, I think this is the this is the issue though, is like if you've got a promotion full of wrestlers, and you say you're going to have an MMA fight on this date, that doesn't necessarily work as well as an individual MMA fighter saying I'm going to have a fight in October, so I'm going to train and get my schedule ready for October. Whereas you've got wrestlers of all of different experience levels in their chosen style, all having to get ready on the same time scale. And obviously some fighters take longer to do things than other fighters will. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like if some you'd say Soma Watanabe, right, you're gonna have a kickboxing match. How long will it take you to get ready? Is different to Soma Watanabe, you've got a kickboxing match in the third week of December, get ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I'm not sure of what Watanabe's experience is, though he looks, he didn't look uncomfortable, did he? He just looked tired. Yeah, he just, I just don't think he had the, I don't think he had the cardio to go. But by, by looking at him and judging his performance, I was, I'm probably guessing he probably didn't have that much notice to prepare by the looks of things. <laughs> yeah, it was the Shuya, she was just, he was, he looked comfortable. He was more measured. He could take, you know, it never felt like he was out of place. I always felt like he, whatever game plan he came in there with, he stuck with it throughout. Someone was trying to get him out of there early. And I think, like I said, once he got caught early on, he, he had that first knockdown, he got back up. He never really got back in his groove. And and Shuya kind of just walked him to the point, to match point, where there was times there where I felt like Shuya could have been dastardly and hit him with a haymaker because to match point, he really wasn't protecting himself. And he started kind of hitting him with body shots, kind of walking him through the rest of the fight. Uh, when I, when, when some fighters would have, you know, I think took the, you know, the flash knockout there. But um, you know, it's respect to both of those guys. Uh, like I said, specifically Soma, because he, he got, like you said, James, he got knackered, but he hung in there and waited till the very end of the fight when it was all over to, to properly pass out. So, <laughs> um, you know, he, like I said, he, he tried, but uh. Yeah, definitely, definitely want to get further notice there because it's like I said, it's not even like the UWF stuff. Sometimes you could take take an L because you got like what a, a couple times to get, a few times to get kind of knocked down and and see 
what power you're dealing with and then get back up and go from there. This, once you out, you out. So, you know. Which moves us on to the next match, which was another tag boxing match between Maya Fukuda, one of our favorites from Glate, and Minoru Kikuchi of Gong Jim Sakoda. Um, Maya Fukuda signed for the company after Matt uh, did his last show with us, as far as Glate is concerned. And she is a genuine kickboxer um, and has been fighting in the UWF style division in Glate, having some submission matches with uh, Michiko Miyagi. And there's been a cool little story about how Fukuda could not get past Miyagi for months on end to the point where Miyagi was just losing her temper because Fukuda wasn't trying hard enough. And then on the last card that we watched, Fukuda got a first submission win, and that was like the blossoming of her as a star. And what intrigued me about this matchup is Fukuda as a pro wrestler genuinely looks terrified most of the time <laughs> and she genuinely like looks like she i'm not saying she doesn't know what she's doing she clearly does but there's a kind of like hesitancy that that is there that, as, that you would expect from a rookie fighter now you put her in the position of being a thai boxer which she clearly is way more comfortable at and she looks and acts like a badass <laughs> and Genuinely, it was a contender all the way through this match, which went to points. She lost on points, but it was incredibly close. And yeah, this was a much better effort from a great fighter and a much closer effort um, as far as the actual fight was concerned and much more exciting and a much closer kind of match. So I'll start with Marcus because he knows a lot more about Mia Fukuda. So, because uh, he's watched so many other matches, what did you think on this one, Marcus? Yeah, man, I was still. Uh, it, it's still uh, stream was in the street from when I was celebrating her, her win <laughs> <laughs> over Miyagi. Oh, uh, and, and that last bout specifically, she had like one of the best knockouts uh, of the year with that that flash kick she caught Miyagi with. It was uh, it was nasty. But um, yeah, obviously riding a lot of momentum coming off that. That has been the mountain for her to climb all year, and she finally did it and got here. And you brought up a great point, James, about that kind of the contrast and how she, you know, kind of comes off as a wrestler versus this. And I think as you were talking about, I kind of cultivated my mind, like maybe um, her being that way more shy as a wrestler is a safer fear mm -hmm. that she can maneuver through. Whereas this is like you either scared or you throw that out because you don't really have time specifically when you're going against somebody like, you know, Miyagi, who spent most of the year almost taking this girl's leg off, where you either got to, you know, you got to get the guts and go with it, or, you know, you're always on the back foot and you really can't afford that. So her coming in here with that confidence, I think, not only being more comfortable with the style of it, you know, doing all those matches with, with Miyagi, but uh, but also coming off that big win, I think she, you know, very much came in confident and she showed that throughout the bout. Um, but I think Minori, um, she came off more aggressive. And to me, it was really close. I would have went with 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 Fukuda even without the bias, um, but like you said, it it was so close, um, you know. And I think I I could actually see them run this back uh, for me. But yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was good, and obviously she was heartbroken after the fight, but I thought she she uh, comported herself very well. Matt, what's your thoughts on this? Because you're obviously coming from this from a completely different angle. This is the part where I might need some help a little bit now. So just, just to double check my knowledge. So Maya Fukuda, she was the wrestler, you said, yeah? Yes. Yeah. 
And that doesn't surprise you in the slightest because one of the things that I notice in this, she she has tremendous sort of poise and presence. Um, you know, she was doing like a sort of karate stance throughout the end and just she looked amazing. So fair play, you could really tell like that this person's got a lot of presence. So that, that was interesting to start off. Um, uh, Minori was definitely the, the aggressor sort of early on. Um, you know, she managed to, to, you know, knock down Maya after, you know, catching a kick. And there was a little bit of a separation towards the end of the first. I'm not sure if it was a punch to the back of the head, which typically is illegal. I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, so not quite sure if that it looked like one. Um, but, but I had Minori running the, the first round. The second one, I had it a lot closer. Uh, I had Maya winning that one. And then in the third round... That's where I think they both started to let loose a little bit more and just basically just started firing off a hell of a lot more kicks. Uh, but I just think it was Minori was it was throwing the harder punches and kicks. So I scored the last round for her as well. So I I, I personally felt that Minori won the fight. But yeah, you know it's it, it is one that was close. And you know MMA fans sometimes are notorious for saying that if a fight is close, it's a robbery. Um, which this certainly wasn't. You can easily have a close fight that's not a robbery. And, you know, if it is close, great. Run it back. Gives you a reason to do a rematch. And, and this was, an ex you know, a perfect example of that. So they, they could easily run this back again. And why not? Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, it's, it, it's just like, you know, she does have a lot of presence. Like when you see her ring entrance as a wrestler, you know, she, she commands a room. You know, she even though she's kind of small in stature compared to those three women on the Glate roster, she isn't wrestling with the other girl at the moment because she's not a cute stylist. Whereas Miyagi was trained by Mako Satomura, so you know she can take heads off. Um, so, <laughs> but Miyagi's a tall, dominating kind of wrestler, so Fukuda looks small and she looks unsure of herself, but watching this performance that's clearly excellent presentation because she's trying to make herself look small and make herself less sure of herself but as a fighter she clearly has a lot of presence and a lot of like you know go so yeah this was this was a lot more entertaining to watch i think shall we move on lads let's see where we're we going next oh yes <laughs> daisuke nakamura uh up against yuiska now the last time we saw yuiska he was on the unfortunate end of a worked beating from Minoru Suzuki. And we do mean a beating because it's oh, Minoru yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he got a couple of shots in, but when uh, Minoru took him outside the ring just to put on a double wrist lock to show the girls in the front row, because <laughs> 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 they couldn't see very well. So he dragged him outside, put the double wrist lock on, and then started spreading his fingers out like, there you go. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're not you're not gonna watch many people have more more fun on that, uh, more fun with that look on their face, being that happy, being that abusive at the same time. Oh no, I Minoro had a fun day yesterday because he was tagging with his best mate, um, uh, Jung Kasai, in a death match against Honma and Makabe. <laughs> Do you know what? If, was... if oh, go on, sorry. I was going. There was blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. I've only seen the pictures, but it's just, all you can see is like blood. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki grinning. 
you know, I was just going to say, if you forgive me for 30 seconds, I was very briefly just going to, I'm going to go off on a really small tangent. Um, I, I was lucky enough to go to WrestleMania this year and I got to see uh, Minoru Suzuki live. And yeah. it was the first time I've seen him live. And my God, does he come across as scary as hell in person. <laughs> he is. He, yeah. yeah, he's just utterly terrifying and he's great in there. Um, yeah. what is it? I saw Blood Sport as well which is one of the best live things I've, I've ever seen. Um, and if anybody hasn't seen a Bloodsport event, I, I highly recommend you give it a go. It was absolutely incredible. And I, he's just, he's absolutely terrifying. He is. He's just, oh, murder dad. He's just awesome. Um, we love him to bits. Unfortunately, the days of Suzuki Gun are numbered. We only have uh, 11 more days of Suzuki Gun in existence. They're having a tag match this weekend. Um, to say goodbye on Saturday, it's Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer with Desperado and um, Dookie again. No, Desperado and Kanemaru. No, it's Kanemaru and Dookie with Zach and Taichi against Archer, Despi, Takamichinoku, and Minoru Suzuki, which should be hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> they'll just beat up everybody around the ring before they start on each other. Anywho. Um, yeah, so this the, Iska um, was on the end of a works beating, and he was kind of on the end of a bit of a real beating here, uh, to be fair. Um, again, you know, don't, didn't last long. This was a grappling match rather than a than a, a, a full MMA match. And Iska is, you know, a fair grappler when it comes to pro wrestling. He can tell a story on the mat. Uh, but that's a different world to actual real grappling. So, uh, Matt, what did you think of this? This was really fascinating for me. And again, it's, it depends on who you're talking to. A lot of the time in MMA, you know, when it comes to the grappling, sometimes a lot of fans can think of that as, as being quite boring. Um, but I, I personally don't think so. And again, this is one of the examples why, particularly the fact that, you know, they were going for submissions so early on into, you know, the, you know, the grappling as well. I mean, and, and that's an important point. You know, no, no matter if it's a, you know, if it's an MMA fight or if it's a grappling match like this, the earlier you can get the submission, the better. Because let's face it, you know, under the hot lights and everything, they're going to be sweating and all that. If you can get it done within the first few seconds, you, the, both of the guys are going to be quite dry. It's going to be a lot easier to to grip an arm or grip a leg. So, you know, the, if you can get that done within the first, you know, the first round, absolutely, you're off to a damn good start. Um, I mean, the one thing that I, I certainly found in this is you was definitely desperate trying to uh, trying to get a leg lock. Uh, he was trying his best to get it. He just he just couldn't seem to grab a hold of a leg. Um, and then you know Nakamura uh, was looking for a head and arm choke, um, which is a great submission. Um, basically, he kept looking for it. He was I, I believe he in fact forgive me I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Hang on. Yeah, no, we go. We got who won? Yeah, just, just double check. I'm not sure. I think I've got the guys mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you have down as winner this, James? Uh, the, the I'm watching it now, and it was uh Nakamura who won. This girl was the one who tapped, yes. That's it. Yeah, the, the, way I've, the way I've written it is absolutely diabolical. You'll have to forgive my terrible note taking there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the head and arm choke that he was trying to get is basically. It's often it's often a good submission that's used by by typically wrestlers 
um, because when they take an opponent down, the, the way that it is almost like a headlock, but it uses the opponent's own arm to choke them uh, to choke the opponent. So mm-hmm. the way that he was trying to get it, I mean, you know, he, he was de- Nakamura was definitely facing some opposition from you who was trying to trap his legs. Um, from moving so he could use his entire body weight to press down. But to be honest, it, just, it doesn't need it because as long as you've got a lot of brute strength, you can still squeeze and get the choke. Uh, and that's pretty much what he did there. And he, and he got the tap. And it, it was a really great submission finish. That's really cool. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Because this one's kind of a bit more in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, to, to Matt's uh, point, I've kind of, you know, Thankfully, I had the mindset to grow an appreciation for the, the ground game in MMA because, like I said, there's so many things going on. There's already so many nuances to, to, you know, different styles and what have you in MMA and just the point of being on the ground and what it looks like to be on top or on your back. But with this, again, this, again I kind of relate these things to chess matches because I think, again, the match point when it comes to a lot of MMA fans, they either don't know what's all happening at the same time, or they just don't care to know. Because when it came to you, like Matt said, he was very much trying to get the leg lock, but he was also very much, you know, underneath uh, Nakamura all at the same time. So you got body weight. Then he tried to get the leg, but then he kind of had part of the leg, but then Nakamura wisely keeping the knee on him and it was kind of like in the, the, you know, the stomach part all at the same time. So you got that pressure. So, you know, I think a lot of times people kind of take for granted just how exhausting of an affair all that can be, specifically when you're not the one in control. So, you know, they, they're going back and forth, uh, you know, the kind of, like I said, it kind of comes off like a chess match. And, you know, somebody who, you know, has is, is watched a lot of uh, G1, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., you know, those, those <laughs> things like that, particularly when it's somebody who, you know, is going for a submission. Um, and can hit you from every different angle. It's, it can just be all-out torture. So, you know, like like Matt said, it was brilliant uh, what he did, not only keeping control, you know, forcing that body weight, the knee, all that at the same time, and then catching him with that that choke at the end, uh, which, you know, is not, not easy to do. It was a lot of tussle back and forth, but that was, like you said, it was a brilliant finish. So, I, you know, this hats off. This was one of, probably one of the better matches uh, just because of the execution of it. So, yeah, I appreciated it. Cool. Right, then we move on next to Hideki Shrek Sikane against Dan Tamura of All Japan Pro Wrestling. I should say uh, Shrek Sikane is from Bonsai Jiu-Jitsu. Now, Sikane has wrestled for Glate before as a wrestler in wrestling matches, but is a mixed martial arts fighter. This was a grappling match, and it lasted one round with Sikane taking the victory. Dan Tamura is a regular for All Japan Pro Wrestling and wore his giant Baba shorts to show respect to the man that founded All Japan Pro Wrestling. This was a bit more back and forth um, and lasted a lot longer, uh, but the MMA person did win out in the end. We'll start with Marcus on this one, because, again, this one's a bit more wrestly. <laughs> yeah, this kind of, this this was like the Kaju affair for me right here. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, Shrek, it was kind of, you know, you know, that, that big, thick, meaty clash, if you will, um, and, and, and trying to toggle and get position. Um, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Shrek went out in the end, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. So, yeah, it was um, it, it was interesting because it, it wasn't necessarily, um, 
the mo the most strategic, and it didn't necessarily need to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought it was a fun class between these two big guys who really kind of had to, to force different angles around each other because it's not like one necessarily was bigger than the other, and you know sometimes a large guy can be deceivingly quick. Uh, and, you know, a guy that looks like he has less muscle tone can be even, you know, stronger than he appears. So it, it was definitely interesting from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, um, it's kind of hard going into something like this and expecting somebody named Shrek to lose. <laughs> so that 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 was uh, that, that went about how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love Shrek. He's got so, he's got so much presence, even as, as a pro wrestler. He's awesome. Just because the stood there. He looks like he could just, he's just like, you know, looks like he's going to beat you up. And that's great. Um, and he's clearly found his chosen path in life well. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's a great guy to watch from that personality point of view. I'm not sure this was like necessarily the best match in the card because it was a bit more, like you said, big lads fighting and that didn't necessarily appeal to everyone. But, Matt, what did you think of this? Just to make sure I didn't miss something as well, <laughs> and I'm sure I didn't, but just to double check, this was a one-round decision, wasn't it? It was, yes. Yeah. Then, even more to my point, this is going to be absolute. This is going to be interesting. Remember when I said about robberies earlier on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this certainly felt like one. Um, ah. I, I'll have to go and watch this back because I, I don't know where they got off with giving Hideki the win. Because, to be honest, for the entire thing, he was repeatedly taken down. Now, don't get me wrong. I think part of it was because he's such a jujitsu guy, it got to the point where he was like, right, that's fine. I'll stay on the ground. I'll wait for him to come into my guard and I'll catch him with a submission. And I think that's what his game plan was. So, you know, I, I can forgive one or two of those. But, I mean, it just got to the point where Dan just refused to engage with him whenever he would take him down. You could tell he was very clearly staying like on the edge of his guard and staying by his legs and just not remotely engaging. He just, he, he was having none of it. Um, so I was thinking, you know, for the majority of this, I was like, well, surely Dan's winning because he's, he's taking Hideki down at will, you know, okay. He might not be doing anything with it, which is a big problem when you, when you score fights, um, but he was taking him down, and Hideki was basically on the defensive. I mean, the the one bit that, okay, I suppose you can say was close to Hideki um, winning was where, you know, he, he was looking for an armbar. And to be fair, it was very close to getting mm. that armbar on. I mean, good God, that was inches away from having that. And, and if he did, I mean, I've no doubt that Dan would have tapped and that would have been it. But he didn't quite get it, and he was just immediately back to him being taken down. So when they announced the, the win, I thought, did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm glad you said that because I kind of felt the same way. But then I'm yeah. brought up that point. Like, maybe maybe he had to fight and they deducted him from not being aggressive as he should have when he got the takedowns. Because like you said, that could be even more of a penalizing thing because for as many times as he took him down, he didn't close in on him. But also to your point, maybe he was like, Okay, I can get him here, but can I finish him here? Because he looks like, like when I put him down, he's more comfortable. So yeah, yeah. maybe he didn't have the confidence in himself to be able to close it out, but maybe that also hurt him on points, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've I noted down that you know they, they must have scored the near armbar extremely high. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, that that was an important part of of you know the, the sort of match, but he didn't get it as close as it was. He didn't quite get it, and he was just it was business as usual, you know, for like ninety percent of the entire thing. Hideki spent the time on his back, so on the defensive. So I I, I thought the the, the win I. That confused me, i got to be honest. Fair enough. Let us move on to uh, the next match, which featured Takiwada uh, of Free going up against Minoru Tanaka, the special one um, of Glate, um, or representing Glate at this particular moment in time. He also wrestles for All Japan Pro Wrestling, but he is in charge of the UWF um, division in Glate. He's the guy that goes to make wrestling look real as much as he can, and looks after the fighters and trains them in, in the shoot-style wrestling because he was trained by Yoshiaki Fujiwara, who is arguably the scariest man that ever lived because uh, he was trained by Billy Robinson and Carl Gotch and trained Minoru Suzuki. <clears throat> um, as, as far as like scary human beings go, <laughs> <laughs> Fujiwara is about the most terrifying person. He, he you know, Suzuki is terrifying. Uh, Fujiwara trained him. <laughs> So yeah, um, Tanaka isn't an MMA fighter, but has a lot of MMA experience. I couldn't find him any MMA track record for him, but he has been like wrestling shoot style and has an incredible submission background because of his time there. He also was in battle arts, which did have some, uh, it was scripted, but did have an awful lot of shoot action in, in that company and then just became like a junior heavyweight living legend. Um, and this match kind of showed because you've got two experienced fighters who are trying really hard um, and it goes to the ground early. And this was a much more of a chess match of, uh, of, of senior fighters. So I enjoyed this a lot more. Mats, what's your thoughts on this one? This would be <laughs> what we would commonly refer to in wrestling circles as a squash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Good God, I mean, you know, Takuya is is a scary dude. Um, it, it was quite fast-paced to start off, but it was the second that he got the takedown, that, that was it. I mean, the, the way that he controlled Minoru and to, to kind of take him into the centre of the ring, the, the way he did that with the takedown, I've never seen that before. He just you know, sort of casually carried him up and down to the centre of the ring was an absolute genius. And he just started raining down elbows, and he, he, you know, just the story of it was he couldn't get up. It was the second that he touched the mat, he just could not get back up. You know, he was just eating hammer fists and elbows. He was he was trying to survive, but the you know the elbows were just coming through hard as hell. He just couldn't take any more. And yeah, that 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 was all she wrote to Kuya. Just absolutely mauled him. Yeah. Yeah, I think if this was a grappling match, Tanaka would have had a much better chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perhaps should have looked at those rules for future reference. Um, <laughs> but yes, he did take a bit of a pasting, to be honest. Uh, Marcus, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I had a bit of that, that lowly veteran actor tear watching this because I was like, this is not the Fakuda I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> At all, like he's usually he's usually comes in there like kind of like Fukuda did with the confidence and the swagger and like I got my H two O, I'm good to go. And uh, yeah, this is like like Matt said, man, this was basically a squash. Again, another one of Matt's points that brilliant. And I kind of knew something was. I'm like, okay, did he just kind of almost crab walk him to the middle of the 
great description. Yeah, he this dude a little different. And then when you know when you start hammering in the fist, and I'm like, okay, too many of these is landing. I'm like, and it got to the point where I'm like, ref, call it. Like I just like he's not. He's like he's going you know, he's hitting him in the head too many times. So, you know, it kind of came down to, you know, the guy control and he was more aggressive, man. And when them hammer fists start landing too many times, I'm just like, it's a wrap. So, yeah, um, I don't necessarily want to see this one ran back. Because <laughs> I think it very much end up the same way. But, yeah, to, to Jane's point, maybe more a grappling affair would have helped. But then again, I don't know. You know, this 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 guy's not somebody I don't think you want to play around with in too many different ways. So. Yeah, sometimes you just have a bad night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, then. Sorry, James, just to say one thing that, that's interesting there, right, is that especially when it, whenever it comes to, to fights that end up going as as badly for the one person as this, it, it always comes back to an issue. And it's, it's quite a hotly contested debate, um, especially in MMA circles, of fighters' corners not being there to protect the fighter enough and what I mean by that is that there's so many occasions where fights happen like this, where let's just face it, you know, for, for Takuya, he just he was he was absolutely dominating the fight, and for him it was just a clear win, you know. So for Minoru, you know, sometimes it, it takes a fighter's corner or grappler or whoever, it takes their corner to just say, look, you know, enough is enough. You, you can, you know, throwing the towel in is something that can be done, and it's just not something that's used enough, um, sort of in MMA circles because. At the end of the day, the, the guys are just too tough for their own good. And, you know, all right, okay, yeah, it's great to say, oh, yeah, I survived. I, you know, moral victory and all that jazz. But it, it just comes to a point where, do you know what, they'll prolong their own careers. You know, if, they, if they're going to lose as badly as that, just call it off. Just accept it. You you didn't get the win that night. And, you'll, and you can come back and you'll probably be better for it the next time. Whereas getting the whooping that he got... It's going to take him a hell of a lot longer if he decides to come back and do it again. So that, that's just a thought, you know, th- things like throwing in the towel. I think that needs to be utilized a hell of a lot more in MMA than, than you know, than it is today. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, Tanaka's 50. <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping yeah. he doesn't do it again. Because <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd much rather have the, the junior of heavyweight super genius having the two or three more years of nice, safe professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah that, that, that thing that happened in Rocky IV, that's great for a movie, not so much real life. <laughs> okay, then. So we can move on to our main event, which I mistakenly thought was our opener earlier, which is the leader of 60 Seconds, Tetsuya Izuchi against Yuki Kondo, which was a, a much steadier affair, Marcus. What did you think of this one? Yeah, it felt like, you know, very much... Um... A lot of a lot of you know consistent back and forth for filling each other out, you know, at the beginning. Um, you know, I was kind of waiting for for one more person to be aggressive than the other, and it kind of just felt like they were, you know, trying to trying to get it in, but nobody was necessarily taking that like, okay, I'm going in and you know pressing the guy up against the ropes or or, or what have you. So, uh, like you said, it was more measured affair on, on both sides. I think obviously towards the end, it, it you know tried to turn up a little bit, but you know, it kind of came down to uh, a, a less gruesome affair than we had seen early in the night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Izuski got sick so many times, his knees bleeding by the end of the second round. Um, so there is quite a bit of contact in this particular match. 
but there's a lot more patience and less mat work. It was pretty much all stand up, I think, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, to be honest, you know, you guys are probably familiar with with this idea that you know you, you sometimes can see some of the best wrestling you've seen, you know, or best MMA you've seen, and you know you're watching the card and the main event stinks and. <laughs> You know what'll happen. People will go away and think, ah, oh, man, that show was no good. Because a lot of the time, people will just remember the main event. Um, and unfortunately, in this case, I think that's, that's what may happen. Um, it wasn't a great main event. And, and I do feel that it did put a bit of a sour note on the show overall. Because I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I enjoyed this more than some UFC cards that I've seen. Because, my God, there have been some bad UFC cards. But, you know, considering the... The, the age of some of the fighters and experience that this was certainly interested. I mean, to look at the record of the two guys again, the, the fact that they put some of these fights together, I mean, the, I'm not quite sure how it works, you know, in, in Japanese MMA. I mean, there has to be some form of athletic commission, you know, allowing these to go ahead. But, you know, Yuki has a record of 65, 38, and nine, whereas Tetsuya has zero wins, one loss. I was like, what <laughs> that is just i mean clearly you could see what they're doing with that you know like, like you said at the start james you know with uh, you know mma programs trying to possibly try and do the pro wrestling thing of, of book a victory that they wanted and obviously they wanted tetsuya to to get the win because by the looks of things with a zero and one record he's trying to build the start of his career but it didn't pan out that way. Um, the, the first round, yeah, the, the first round was very slow, you know, to, to Marcus's point. You know, it, it was a big feeling out process. That There was not a lot going on in that first one. Both guys were just trying to find their range. Um, the, the second one, it was more of the same, but um, I, I do feel that Yuki was definitely starting to to land some of the kicks that, that you mentioned there, James. At the start, i got to be honest, I did think a lot of them looked really light. And it didn't look like he was throwing them with intention of actually finishing the fight. It just looked like he was trying to keep Tetsuya out of range. Um, so I, I can't I can't say I agreed with that, but it, it definitely worked. But then certainly as the third round kicked in, yes, you could see Tetsuya's leg start to bruise up, but you could see it bleeding. And then he was starting to limp. And, and as soon as I saw him start to limp, I thought, ah, that's it, he's done. You know, you, you just, you're not... You're not coming. You're not winning a fight on one leg. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just not happening. Um, he, he tried to throw um a bit of a combination. It just didn't really work out that way. Um, Yuki was definitely in trouble. Uh, it looked like potentially I thought he could be finished, but he managed to hang in there. Um, but yeah, you know, fair play. It was it was an interesting one. Not the most exciting fight. To, to end the show, but uh, it was it was still not too bad. It's, it's interesting because on the 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 chat relay on the on, when you watch the the the, the May, there's there's a chat that blog down the side and people you know put money towards fights they like. So somebody put eight hundred yen to the women's match because they like that, and someone put ten thousand yen to something which is like you know it's a nice little bonus for for the great guys. Uh, but one of the comments for this match was most violent game of footsie I've ever seen. <laughs> that's 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 hilarious. Um, but yeah, what's what's what to, to Matt's point about the just the sheer contrast in the records? It, uh, you know, in in true Gleet uh, fashion, in terms of the landscape of Gleet, it always feels like you know those sixty second guys are fighting uphill anyway. 
<laughs> like back foot 60 seconds that's what they always find themselves at man but they they you know they they dig that because in a lot of times these matches they have to fight and flurry back and in, into match points that's what it felt like felt like you know he got more comfortable in that that third round but and it, like he did have him up against the ropes and like he was putting flurries together like he said but um it almost kind of feels like it would have helped if he would have found that that fear earlier I think maybe to Matt's point, because the legs was kind of giving out on me, he was like, okay, if I don't take this guy out, yeah, like yeah. he's going to, you know, either he's going to hit me and my legs are just going to go out completely, or he's going to stagger me off the leg and catch me clean. So, you know, I, I, I get it. But like like you said, it was kind of, kind of hit a bit of a, bit of a dud from a, you know, from the rest of the cause perspective. But overall, I think it was a, it was a good show. Yeah. Let's start this about that. So, what's your thoughts, Marcus, on overall? Would you like to see this again? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I think you you kind of you make you know to match point again. Maybe you know uh, you know like you always say, James. Like styles make fights. Of course, we we know that they get said a lot, but maybe kind of match up more. Um, I guess as close to even as you could get on some of these aspects with with the matchups. But yeah, I mean, we always talk about it with Glee. One thing that they've done, they they've turned up. You know, it's not about quantity; it's about quality with Glee, and they they've made the most of their roster all around, and they keep it. They find a way to keep it variety with the you know the UWF, and then they they you know they had that lumberjack uh, match, <laughs> um, and and then you know they they do stuff like this, just really you know making the most out of uh, of certain aspects of their, you know, product and whatnot. Um, so I, I definitely think this is certainly something they could keep doing. Um, but obviously, to your point, James, give some of these guys a heads up, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, kind of a few months down the line so they can know. Because like I said, the UWF matches and in, in these situations are completely different. Um, so, um, yeah, but I, but I appreciate the fact that they even did something like this. Uh, because they didn't have to do it, you know. This is true. This is about as far away from the uh, intergender lumberjack country whipping match we saw on the last card as you can possibly get. <laughs> that did actually happen. It was really good. We yeah. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, what's your thoughts on this uh, this card in general? And do you think that Glate should do it again? We've, we've got to talk about the philosophy of it in a second. But let's just see what your opinion is first. Um, th- this was a really enjoyable card. Um, I-, I really liked it. Um, you know, I-, I like the idea of of mixing up, you know, your your grappling matches, your your kickboxing matches, and your MMA all in one card. I mean, it-, it really does, you know, sort of hark back to to the days of you know of Pride, which you know for for people who don't know Pride, you know, fighting championships at one point was the biggest MMA promotion on the planet, you know, and it was beating UFC for years um, because it, it had a a lot of things like this, you know, your variety show that there was something for everybody. Um, so there is something to that. Um, one thing that I think might be a little bit better, you know, especially for, you know, the longer term future, you know, you know, guys like Tetsuya in the end, like I said, his record was zero win, one loss. So obviously he's off to the start of his career. And, you know, he, he didn't quite win, but, you know, I, I could easily see him coming back and, you know, I, I easily think he could string a couple of wins together. So, you know, g- guys with that type of record, I think if they had more guys with very limited experience, but, you know, if they can put them together, um, I think that could be, that really could make something quite special. So I, I'd love to see this run back again. 
That's cool. I think I think this for me as well. It's it's something different. It does hark back to the days of Pride, and I was thinking about that. And of course, Pride was part of the entertainment group that also had Hustle Pro Wrestling. You know, it wasn't. I think K1 as well, wasn't it? No, K1 was K1. Yeah, K1 was separate. I think, but Hustle Pro Wrestling and Pride events were the biggest things going in Japanese like fighting entertainment at the time. Hustle was this slightly bizarre. Um, world of um giant evil things and pro wrestling mixed together that was kind of like wwe on steroids and then you had pride which was like you know like you said it was kind of like a a much more mixed kind of mixed martial arts promotion and this kind of brings you back to this day of this um and yeah i think it's i think it would be worth them doing it again but with the reservations we've said of like more time and more matched up to people who <laughs> have similar records to make it a bit more interesting and stuff. But it was interesting to have, you know, you had the big stars of the company on the card. Now, this comes down to the issue of the traditional issue of putting your big stars at risk in a real fight when you need them on Tuesday for a fake fight. <laughs> <laughs> You know, now Glate yeah. run about two shows a month, but all of these wrestlers wrestle for other companies as well because they've got to make a living. Um, so, you know, is it worth it from that point of view, Matt? I mean, obviously, that's a hell of a lot harder. Um, I mean, you know, you only have to look at the the schedule of, of a lot of the sort of current guys today. You, you know, your your Ronda Rousey's, your Brock Lesnar's. You know, they they have at one point. At least certainly in Brock's case, you know, he did alternate between fighting and wrestling, but, you know, he was doing it on a very limited basis because, you know, in fighting, you have to, you have to have that long training camp. So I'm not quite sure how viable it would be if, you know, they do a fight and then have to wrestle a week or two later. Um, you know, maybe they might be better off with just doing maybe one or two sort of big MMA shows a year, every six months or something like that, perhaps. Um, and one very sort of quick idea that, that did spring to mind there, especially when we talk about the older guys, because, again, th this is something that is, is very hotly debated in MMA. It is the idea of implementing a sort of legends division. Um, mm. you've, you've got guys like Vanderlei Silva, like Vitor Belfort, who are certainly a hell of a lot older. But if you put those two together, they could still have a hell of a fight and they're fighting guys of their own age. You know, so I think, you know, Japan, and I definitely think the Glate could definitely be the type of organization that, that could implement that. And I think it could work really well. That's cool. Appreciate that opinion. Is, is another thing, though, on this one's going to post to Marcus. Do we still have a credibility gap of, which was, of course, the big issue that New Japan ran into because they put their championships on shoot guys, which was fine until they lost. <laughs> Do you run into the credibility gap? Because Glate, as a wrestling promotion, isn't really like New Japan in the early 2000s. It's much more of like, we know this is an entertainment and we know this is a fight. So do you still have that credibility gap where wrestlers getting beat in an MMA fight is going to affect their draw as pro wrestlers? Do you think that still exists? I do because you still, I mean, you still got it's it's this it's this weird thing because obviously we you know uh same generation of fans a lot who have kind of fell out of wrestling and then gone into MMA and then some people who have come back due to certain names or certain aspects of entertainment uh with certain storylines or what have you. I think that's always going to be a thing, but I think if you you know obviously the styles are going to be what they are. I think if you keep the guys credible, 
in terms of how you book them and, and the situations they put them in because you can have those questions be brought up and when you you know put a guy who's you know obviously you know like a Kurt Angle or something like that um versus somebody who's you know more of a high flyer or something say like a, I guess a Flamita or, or a Phoenix or something like that and depending on how you do the match the finish or what have you it can be believable like a, a, a you know a, a very unique pinning combination if you will we've seen so many of those um you know, and, and, and wrestling and what have you. So I, I think it's I think it definitely comes down to the fan because I think you got some people who are just gonna wanna, you know, critique it and bull it all the hell anyway. Like some people come there with the in you know, or sit down and watch it with the intent to go, Oh, that's the fake part. Oh, that's the oh that's the you know, you can't really those are the people you can't please. But I think if you do like Lead has and, and stay consistent with the guys and, and you know, get the match, because if I'm not mistaken, we didn't get any bulk orchestra on the show, did we? No, we didn't. Oh, because, oh, yeah, and I'm sitting there like, if you want to, you talk about making matchups, like, we, it's nothing but, you know, those, like I say, those boys don't miss no meals in Boca Orchestra. So, um, if if you wanted to, you know, put together some scary combinations, you you know, you could pick from a variety of those guys and, and make it look, uh, put the situation in a different level. So, um, yeah, I think you're always going to have that, but I think they could, I think, I trust Gleet at this point to 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 do that and keep credibility, certainly with the Westman show and do to match point, do this maybe a couple times a year, because it's not something you want to have frequent. You know, I think the UWF puts people through enough. And like you said, if you have somebody, you're like, look, we, we're going to need you to, you know, keep it real over here and then come over here and, you know, like you said, you know, stage it. You know, if you're going to do that, don't do it with the people you consistently need on your big shows either you know so um i think there's a unique medium to find here and i think it's it's within the the confines of what we just said so we're going to see if they're going to do it or not but like i said i did appreciate the fact that they did this show in you know in general because they didn't have to do it and thankfully another benefit to it is and to match you know breaking down the things i got introduced to some new people who i didn't know you know so i always appreciate that that's great that's great all right then. Well, that kind of covers us for Glate for this year. I don't think they've got another wrestling card on this week with some big stuff um, happening. I'm sure me and Marcus will keep an eye on that. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be pay-per-view or not, or if it's going to be on YouTube. I hope it's on YouTube because it's the biggest card of the year. But we shall see. Um, I would like to thank Mr. Matt Roberts for coming and joining us today. Thank you for holidaying with us, sir. Thank you very much. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Honestly, guys, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find... I, I'm pretty much... Um, the, the only place I tend to hang out online these days is Twitter, as long as it still exists. And you can find me at, at MattRob90. That's M-A-T-R-O-B-9-0. And yes, I also do the random wrestling review as well. So you can also catch me on that at RWRPod. There you go. Um, we, we, we are currently experimenting with different genres of social media, should things go belly up, um, which I will explain momentarily. Marcus, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, you can find me at Paradox Kid, that's P A R A D O X K I D, on uh, what is being left of Twitter at this point. Uh, always appreciate being here. Very much appreciate being here today with, you know, Matt bringing his, his you know, his, his brilliance to the, to the show and breaking these things, helping us break this show down. Uh, so, you know, nice to meet him and, and, you know, hopefully we'll get to do this in the future. That'd be great. 
You can find me at Sheriff Lonestar on Twitter. You can find me on Mastodon somewhere. I have an account. I've tried it. It works. I'm, I'm still exploring that. You can find me on Instagram at Sheriff Lonestar TX. You can find the show on Instagram at Sheriff, uh, sorry, Troopany Show on Twitter for now. The Troopany Show. You can find us on a Discord, the Troopany Show podcast, on Facebook, the Troopany Show, and on Patreon, where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone, and on Twitter, the Troopany Show. As I said, for as long as it lasts. Um, we'll see. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, this will be going out on Christmas Day. Oh no, it'll be the day after, it'll be Boxing Day. So we hope you have a lovely Christmas. Um, at some point, we will have an awards show for the year. We normally do the Troopany Show end of year awards, which we haven't got to yet because there's been too much good wrestling to talk about. So we thought we'd you'd rather talk about new stuff than old stuff. Um, so thank you very much for listening to us today. Um, we've got to get me together with Dara so the Rewind Troopany Show mass award ceremony thing can happen. And we'll try and get as many people on it as we can. It'll take about four hours. It'll be ace. <laughs> and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.